Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to the CFC uh, Football Countdown, episode 180. Uh, we're a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. My name's Adam Stewart, alongside the great uh, Trey Colbeck, who's also a little bit happy. I got a little bit better things going on today. Uh, birthday today, I believe, if that's right. Right, Trey? Yes, sir. Uh, one year closer to 30, man. It's going <laughs> to... 27 but i'm um, getting there yeah it's been a day it's been a day you know we got the, we got the jays doing what the jays are doing it's the last day at the downs here in winnipeg but there's a weather delay for some reason so apparently there's lightning in the area i didn't know we could get lightning when the temperature's this way but who knows man yeah no it's uh kind of weird at this time of year to see lightning but uh i guess out here it's going to be nice and warm tomorrow too so uh never know might get those odd little storms going on and uh hopefully those go away pretty soon so you can get uh back to uh those guys that are watching uh some horse racing make sure to get back to their horse racing uh gonna go through here real quick tonight we're gonna be of course previewing week 17 of the cfl we're gonna be taking a look at the major storylines our top cfl fantasy options and our picks against the spread for this upcoming week we'll also be taking your comments questions live throughout the night so if you got anything if you want to wish uh, trey a happy birthday i see there's a few already coming into the chat thanks richard thanks chris uh if you've got anything else that you want to bring up or just hey ask us some questions about almost anything we'll answer just about anything and everything over in the chat uh you this is all made sponsor of course by our presenting sponsor game time tv learn more by visiting uh at watch.gametimetv.ca or by following on facebook at facebook.com slash game time tv mb before we go any further as always we want to acknowledge that the canadian football countdown is brought to you from treaty one territory traditional territory of the ashinanabwe cree oja cree dakota and dene peoples as well as the homeland of the metis nation as well as from treaty four territory traditional territory of the cree soto Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis Nation. Also wanted to just give a special shout out. September 30th is, of course, Truth and Reconciliation Day. Uh, make sure that you're wearing your orange on that day and celebrate it with all of us uh, here in Canada. We'd also like to take a moment to thank one of our sponsors for this episode of the podcast, BetStamp. There's so many different sports books out there these days, and each one offers you different prices on the same game. So how do you ensure you're getting the best value? Head to BetStamp. Provides you the info you need at no additional cost. Simply pull up the game on the BetStamp app to see the odds offered by each of their individual sportsbook affiliates for that particular game to help you place the bets that'll maximize the return for the pick you're making. Find some odds that you like? Well, sign up at the corresponding site through the BetStamp bet link page within the app and link your accounts to easily track the wagers that you've made. And if you want some extra insight before the game, you place those wagers, check out the commission-free BetStamp marketplace where you can see the bets that others have placed. And through BetStamp's verified bet tracking, you guarantee that the odds that others have picked based on are verified and legitimate. You'll be able to find our consensus CFL picks on there under the username CFC Countdown Pod. And you'll find trades as well there under Trey CFC Countdown. Visit betstamp.app or download the free app from your local app store and sign up with a referral code CFC to start using Betstamp free today. Best of luck with your wagers 
And as always, bet responsibly. Don't bet the tuition. Don't bet the farm. And definitely don't bet the cameras uh, for making hockey games. We don't want to see that either. Not saying that from anybody that might be listening in the background. So, hey, uh, we'll be getting into betting later on here this evening. But I think first we're going to go through the game previews. And, uh, yeah, unless you got something else right now, Trey, what's the score over in the Blue Jays game? Shoot, that closed on me. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm really – I still 6-3, top and nine. I'm really close to a big rant uh, – not rant, but just the NFL's coming in hot to Canada this week or yeah. two, man. It's It's been – I mean, not just this week over time, but um, the new, I don't know how new this is, but they're giving through Football Canada or or NFL Canada through Football Canada gives one lucky school a week, $3,000 towards equipment or something. So I'm like, now now NFL's got the Football Canada and now all these schools. Um, There's the international games, I believe, start this week. So I was going to remind Ryan uh, to change. You got to check your fantasy at 8 a.m. on Sunday. There is that London game this week. And uh, in an article with the Toronto Sun, they talked to a VP, and he says very well that Canada's still on the radar for international games. I don't think there will ever be an expansion here. I really don't. Um, But we still could get a game or two here and there, man. They go to London all the time. They're looking at Germany, Mexico, Canada's just a big state, right? Population-wise to them, we're the same population as California. It's a money thing. And it just and the thing about the going back to the other one, the NFL Canada one, guess what? They have NFL on CTV, they have Dave Sanchez and not the CFL, he's the only CFL guy, but two other people who do the NFL. Well, right there, NFL Canada's getting the primetime spotlight on C on CTV even more. And the CFL can't buy that, even though Bell's there sponsorship right so i i am really yeah so you know i i just really think that like yeah well chris makes the point you got seattle that's vancouver you got these uh minnesota bears green bay here in the middle provinces i know you're a browns fan right uh mike's a cowboys fan don't know why um you know and you you got everyone in toronto i know is a bills fan more than an argos fan right so man it's 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 I hate to say it, man, but I would not be shocked if next CBA, almost all high school footballs four downs. And if all high school footballs four downs, what does the CFL do? And what if CIS does? You know what I mean? It's going to be a trickle down effect. And why would the CFL? And I don't want to get in this talk. I'm not getting into the argument. What's better? What's this? It's just high school. Again, if you're getting $3,000 from NFL Canada, why would you play three downs? I, you know, what drives me nuts about all this is the CFL and the NFL back in the early 80s, mid 90s, they were pretty well the same size. They were the same thing, essentially. And that's that's the crazy part. One went absolutely massive. Now we're talking about billions, if not almost to the T word already in revenue opportunities with online gambling, with gaming, with everything that they possibly have with their, like you said, sponsorships. They got, you're right. They got Football Canada now uh, as a sponsor. And I'm like, what? How? You've got the CFL right here. Meanwhile, they pretty much just did this whole thing where they kind of caved in and just kind of curled up in a corner and that was it. And it went down for a long time like that. The CFL, I mean, I know they're trying. I know that they got to be doing some stuff outside of just this genius sports stuff. They want to get things going, of course. And we all want to see the CFL succeed. 
But when you see things from the NFL, again, this $3,000 towards equipment to high school football, boy, that's a, that's a big thing for a lot of these uh, small towns. Once a week, once a week, right. For 18 weeks. And it's, and I know there's hundreds of schools that you could give it to, but I I don't know this, if this is the first or second year and they keep doing it, keep doing it. Like, again, if I'm getting a check for $3,000 and NFL Canada then comes to me one day and says, why don't you think about playing four downs? Well, why would I say no? Like, you know what I mean? Why would you? And like I said, and then at some point, do they start going into CIS more? We, Oh, the other thing was during these international weeks, you can wear the decal of your home country on your helmet in the NFL. So there was 14 guys from Canada choosing to wear this. If I'm, if I'm a kid, like I'm, you know, I got kids. If I'm my son, my seven-year-old and he doesn't watch NFL, big bomber fan. I got him to that because he can go to the games when he gets older and he starts seeing those guys wearing the CF or a Canadian. You don't want, like, it's this argument. Do you really, like, you want to win the Stanley Cup or do you just want to win whatever the AAA Bantam title in your hometown is, right? You know, like. (laughs) Well, exactly. And, I mean, you look at one thing here in Regina, uh, in Saskatchewan here, one of the big things is flag football. And that there has been absolutely dominated. And Regina is actually one of the biggest uh, places that have the most amount of uh, kids that sign up for flag football here. And in Saskatchewan, I mean, this is CFL bedrock, essentially, right? This is this is where everything starts for the CFL. It's NFL flag. You've got bron- teams named the Broncos. You've got teams named the Browns. You've got teams named the Seahawks. It, 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 they're making their impressions and they're working their way into places like even in pretty much, let's face it, Fortress Saskatchewan, and don't get me wrong, it's great things. I love what the NFL is doing here. I just wish that the CFL would do something very similar and allow them to maybe have a, I don't know if there's such a thing as being able to do a partnership with the NFL and say, hey, the Riders and all that should maybe be involved with it too. And one team could be called the Riders or the Red Blacks or the Stampede. Yeah, see, the thing is here, I don't want to dwell on this too much, uh, but we had a chance to get in with the XFL a little bit. We didn't need to merge. But now the XFL has a partnership with the NFL alumni. So they got a foot in the door. Super Bowl last year, who was doing intros? The Rock. Uh, I think Thursday Night Football opened the season. Who was doing the intros? The Rock. Is that a coincidence? No, I really don't think so. And they just released, you know, and I don't want to get in this old doom and gloom and we should like, whatever. I'm not saying the CFL should go four downs. I'm not saying any of that. All I'm saying is, and like you said, the CFL probably is doing something. But if you're on, you know what I mean? If you're on life support and there's this Grim Reaper NFL just standing there waiting to pull the plug, like they could do it at any, I think the NFL could shut the CFL down at any time if they really wanted to, you know what I mean? Like maybe not instantly, but if they, if they wanted to do something over time, they're trying to, they're trying to snuff us out if they got in with, with football Canada. However, you know, it seems like, and again, I don't want to steal quotes from anybody here. It sounds almost like I've heard in the past, the CFL is like the nuclear cockroach. You just cannot kill the CFL. It's been gone broke for how many years? It's it's had so many issues over the years in uh, managing and marketing and everything else. It's still one of those things that, you know what? Every year, this great cup comes out. Every year, we always have a uh, thing going on here. So to me, it's very exciting to have this stuff going on here. Uh, 
And the big thing is, again, you've got one team that's like, again, one team alone, the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, Mike, I'm going to bring up your Cowboys here a little bit, is worth billions of dollars. What's the most expensive team in the CFL? I would think probably the community-owned Riders or Bombers, I would think, is probably your best bet. The the Broncos just went for $2.8 to the guy that owns Walmart. And the the Broncos are a pretty historic franchise, you know. Like yeah. they've had they've had pretty good. Th- obviously, the Cowboys would be more. I would even want to. I would put close to five if you really had to sell it. Five. Yeah. I, I would. Ten um, billion if you're going to give the stadium and everything. Oh, to the, the stadium guy. too. And, and honestly, the pride away from Jerry Jones. You're probably going to have to triple it again, right? But absolutely right, right. But all nine teams together probably isn't even worth anywhere close to that. And and and. And I mean, the other thing also to remember, Trey, here is you've got a uh, a thing where the salaries are so different and so many things are so much different. If you're a guy sitting at home right now in uh, playing some U sports, let's say, or playing CJFL, where do you really want to go? Do you want to come into Saskatchewan? And don't get me wrong, I would love it if you came to Saskatchewan. So it's nothing wrong with being a CFL player. But in all honesty, everybody knows that the big money the best players, the biggest stars, and the biggest spotlight is the NFL. It's just the way it is. So that's why you see Dwayne Johnson and The Rock going and joining on to this because they're the big, they're the big dog. You gotta go and try to be with the big dog. CFL has kind of always had that kind of button heads against the NFL a little bit. I don't know why. And you're right, they I can't see how they can't go in here and just absolutely dominate the CFL and take it over if they really wanted to, to be honest, have one team in the East, have one team in the West. And by the way, the rest is have fun. That's what I mean. And, and, and talk about ratings here. I'm thinking about the the early games on NFL this week or first three weeks have been unreal. The 12 o'clock games unreal. So then if let's say that continues, I mean, the play could go down. I doubt it. Let's be honest. A lot of people are going to rather watch week 10 of whatever NFL games that are on than Saskatchewan and Montreal for a playoff game. Or like you may, you, I think so. It, okay. There's yep. the diehard CFL fans yeah. and I understand. And and we, the four of us on this show are cut from that cloth where you, me, um, Ryan and Mike are going to be texting all day about football, that CFL football. And maybe we'll throw an occasional fantasy, this and that, or betting or whatever. But I'm talking about the mass generation of people. I got like people, my like friends my age, where they'll wa- they'll watch the Bombers if it's the only thing on. They'll follow it. But when that Sunday game is on, and I don't, you know what I mean, or NFL's on, that's what's on the TV. Red Zone's on, and you maybe check the score on your phone of the Bomber game, right? That that's the majority of people. And I'm sorry, but the diehard CFL fans are kind of that boomer generation. Other than the four of us on this show, we have, there's some of us, but yeah. most of them are that older generation who just. Like you said, came from that generation where the CFL was just equal with the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. And um, let's face it, it's probably going to continue like that until the CFL either partners with somebody. And it's if it's the XFL, if it's the NFL, if it's uh, some other league, I don't think the USFL, but or it's just going to be this way. And I mean, you, you can't it's very tough to compete against a billion dollar business like the NFL. I think we got to move on here, though, Trey. Yeah, for sure. I could uh, talk about this for all night, but yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but we could. And, it's, uh, it's it's just out for a second because I, I love the CFL and oh, yeah. I'm just. I'm and I was I'm real quick. I wasn't one who cared if we changed the rules because I just love football. Like yeah, the heritage thing, the tradition, a little bit. Would I pick three downs? Would I pick 
110 and all that, yes. But if they told me, oh, they're playing on the smaller fields with one less player and four downs, would I stop going? No. So, but it's just something that's been bothering me. Like I said, seeing the NFL just come in and take over Football Canada, they're on CTV constantly. I think um, I want to thank Bomber Reaper tweeted too. Do you ever see a CFL commercial during NFL on CTV? No, never. Maybe the Great Cup, maybe then, but you don't see regular weeks. But then the game on Saturday, constantly it said, "Watch NFL tomorrow. Watch NFL tomorrow. Watch NFL tomorrow." And it's just this and. It's interesting. I actually had to bring it up in school. Like, I can't remember how it came up in my class the other day, but I had to chime in and I just said, well, sports, the NFL does it <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's crazy. But yeah, let's move on to this week. Uh, sure. Yeah, we'll have some fun got, talking about Friday. Yeah, well, I got a little bit of breaking news first here. Uh, just for those that were looking for uh, Great Cup tickets to the 109th Great Cup that's going to be held in Saskatchewan. It's sold out today. So the Great Cup is sold out. I uh, can't get go, no more tickets. So if you've got some favorite teams, make sure that you go and probably uh, I follow a Saskatchewan Rough Rider fan because uh, not saying that we won't be in it, but uh, yeah, about that. Uh, and the other breaking news I think that we had kind of going on all week, and we'll just get a quick opinion on this one from you, Trey. Uh, Bo Levi Mitchell had a mic in front of him this week. Uh, Danny Austin of the uh, Calgary Sun, I believe he is, uh, or just independent now. I'm not sure how that works. But anyways, uh, went and asked Danny, uh, 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 sorry, Dave Dickinson and uh, Bo Levi Mitchell, hey, is there a possibility that you could be out of Calgary? Uh, due to the fact that there was also another little bit of breaking news, Jake Mayer signs a four-year, I believe it is, contract with the uh, Calgary Stampeders. Cool little thing about this is this is one of the first guaranteed contracts for the CFL. So that's kind of cool. Uh, nevertheless, though, that means guaranteed money. That means he's the starter. Now, he's getting about four and a quarter or something around there, I think is what it said on Three Down Nation. Uh, nevertheless, it means the Bull Levi Mitchell will not be back in Calgary next year. No way, no shape, no how. Unless he's going to take 100000 to be a backup, which we know Bull Levi Mitchell will not. So the question becomes this, and I put it up on my uh, Facebook uh, and on Insta, uh, not on Facebook, but over on Twitter. There's one of two things this that this way is going to go. It's either going to be where Dave Dickinson gets his way and Bo Levi, Bo Levi Mitchell is an insurance policy, essentially, right? Go into Winnipeg, all of a sudden there's an injury to Jake Mayer, uh, or Jake Mayer just absolutely kind of comes out flat against maybe Winnipeg or BC. All of a sudden, Bo Levi Mitchell goes in, away you go, and possibly still have a good shot of winning the Great Cup or getting to the get dance at least. I think if if the general manager, though, has his way, which is John Huffnagel of the Calgary Snapeaters, do you just want to let Bo Levi Mitchell walk? And by that, I mean you go into BC, you lose the game. Let's say they lose in the West Semis. Bo Levi Mitchell, after that West Semi, is worth nothing. Essentially worth maybe an eighth-round pick. If at the last day, you know you're not going to get anything with them, you just send them because they gave you an eighth-round pick so they have the negotiating rights a few weeks early. That's the only way he's going to be worth anything after they are out of the playoffs. So if John Huffnagel would have his way, there's teams and there are suitors right now for the services of Bo Levi Mitchell. One being the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I believe one to be the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Yeah, I know. I said it. Anyways, I there's a lot of talk about him going to Saskatchewan right now. And stands to reason a little bit. I could see why, because Cody Fajardo has not had a stellar year. 
and we'll get more into this later on. But I've ranted enough on this. I know Trey, you had your opinion over on Twitter. What do you do if you're uh, if you're the Calgary Stampeders organization? Like, well, to your point, what you said, unless there's like a boatload you get back. And I think you need a boatload that helps you now. I don't think Calgary is going to take the first round picks in the next five years kind of thing. Like, I think they would want maybe one or two, but I think they would more want uh, people who can fit in now and <clears throat> help them with the push. So I don't think you should trade Bo Levi. I don't think, I think if you trade him, he's not going to Saskatchewan. Um, because again, why would Saskatchewan trade away those key pieces when they're in the playoff hunt? Um, to get Bo Levi as an insurance policy, but I could see Bo going there in the offseason. I think the offseason is going to be where it's all at, and I think it's going to be a huge quarterback carousel. You know, we talked about uh, Mayer got his contract, but Cornelius is guaranteed two, I believe, and then you got Fajardo, don't know what's happening. Bo Levi, don't know what's happening. Vernon Adams, um, we don't know what's happening, right? You know, you, you got a bunch of quarterbacks that are free. I think I think Bo would probably want to wait till off season because does not that guy could get his value up because if he's going to be like, well, if Fajardo and VA get 400,000 somewhere, I don't know what, you know what I mean? If some team could play, pay that, then Bo can sit there and say, well, I should get, I know I'm older, but I should get close to that. And actually a buddy of mine made a good point. I didn't, re- I kind of keep forgetting how old Kalaros is. Kalaros is 35 and he's had concussion injuries. He's had problems. What if, like, I don't know. I didn't want, I don't like Bo. I would not want him in Winnipeg. And that one would be interesting, but he's also older than Caleros, right? So, and another point someone made I saw on Twitter, uh, I can't remember the name, so I hate not tagging someone. Um, he's from Texas, and there's three, there's gonna be three Texas teams in the XFL. I believe he's from Texas, so he definitely seems like, yeah, he is okay. So, why would he not want to spend the last year or two of his football career at home? Uh, you know, or around family. I'm not sure where I'm not sure where he lives, um, and stuff like that. So you know, I, I I don't I don't think he should get traded. And I think because, like I said, what if Mayor goes out? And what are you going to do? Unless the third stringer too is somebody where they're willing to put the franchise on right now. I doubt it. And Richard in the chat, I know he, VA shouldn't get 400k, but tell me a team like Ottawa or someone you know, a struggling team might not throw some money at a quarterback. Something, you know what I mean, too? Like, it's hard yeah. to – I hate I hate the CFL market. You have no idea where it's at week to week, right? Betty, uh, trading or signing, it's – But, you know, oh. the, the reason the reason I don't bring up Ottawa is is because we didn't see enough out of Jeremiah Mazzoli this year. And yeah, I think that they probably will go that way myself. But, again, you never know. They might want to – To be fair, he got hurt so early football. in the season, I kind of forgot about him. That, yeah. I kind of forgot about him because I'm thinking, well, you take VA over Arbuckle and, and – um, Caleb Evans, but no, you're right. I guess you take Mazzoli. They probably paid him a shiny penny too to come there from Hamilton. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I, I completely because he got hurt what like second week or something. He got hurt pretty early. I thought or after the Bombers, right? So, yep, yeah, for sure. So, uh, and let's the cool. about the Great Cup. I want to talk about the Great Cup real quick. Oh, yeah. I was actually, I'm gonna say, pleasantly surprised it was sold out. I don't know why. I just thought how Saskatchewan's doing, and. Um, we were still kind of post pandemic y with finances and stuff. I don't know if it was I'm assuming last year's must have been sold out as well in Hamilton. If it wasn't, yeah. I think it was sold out to whatever the capacity was allowed to be. I don't yeah. you know what I mean. So it's a tough year. So I was actually a little little surprised it was sold out, but pleasant. So good for Regina, uh, you know, and the 
in Canada, obviously, for selling that out when there's going to be week 13 NFL on and 30,000 people rather go to a cold game in Regina. So good on them, right? <laughs> 33,000 people. Oh, uh, 33. 33. Nevertheless, we can't forget the other 3,000. But uh, you know what? It was just uh, because the hottest team in the league right now, the Toronto Argonauts, all their fans came, bought tickets, and they're going to come and watch their team go to the Great Cup. Uh, this year uh yeah let's move on to the games here this week uh we've talked about these teams in nauseam about what their issues and what their positives and what their negatives are so that's why we spent a little more time at the beginning here to, tonight uh just talking about other things going on in the league because you know nobody really wants to talk about the saskatchewan rough riders and the winnipeg blue bombers do they i don't think any team no, let's just move to... on to bc that's what richard yeah says. exactly <laughs> bc ottawa let's move on to that now nah. you know what the rough riders i'm gonna put it this way it's a it's a friday night football game in winnipeg 7 p.m start uh six o'clock in saskatchewan this game means everything to one team and this game means not a whole lot to another and i mean that very sincerely especially after we mentioned bo levi mitchell and the struggling Cody Fajardo. If I'm Cody Fajardo, this is my career right here, essentially, in this game. It could very well be if you get paid four hundred thousand or four fifty next year, or if you get paid two fifty next year. Because right now, the Rough Riders need to get some momentum going. They do have some big key injuries that are back. Uh, Dan Clark will be back for this week by the sounds of it. It's as questionable. Everybody said he played full participant in practices this week. I can't see how he will not be uh, back this week. Richard, of course you will in the chat because I don't know if that game has any implications for your BC Lions or not. But uh, yeah, no, thanks. Um, <laughs> you know what? The other one also that's going to be back, Logan Furland. That means the full offensive line that was supposed to be there in game one or the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is going to be there for game uh, 17, I guess, or week 17 for the Rough Riders. Same thing also on the uh, receiving core. It's going to be a game-time decision I hear with Luke, Duke Williams. By the sounds of it, it's 50-50. I think he's going to play probably because the Riders need this one. I don't care what they say. They're all trying to downplay it, and they they don't really want to say that. They say this is an important game. They aren't saying that this is probably a playoff game for them. Uh, the Riders are probably a very hungry, desperate team in this one. The Blue Bombers, they want to get off into a right foot also just after the bye. Wouldn't they want to, Trey? No, for sure they do, especially when the two losses they have uh, this year go into buys, right? They seem to want to take the extra week off. And I guess when you're three games up in the division, you can do that a little bit. But yeah, this is, this is when things get tricky because I'm really not – confident that winnipeg is going to go crazy hard against bc last two weeks obviously and then they have a, a tune-up game against edmonton next week so this is probably the last time they have a re real competition going into the playoffs unless uh unless they lose a couple here and bc wins a couple and then those last two mean something a little bit but still when you're battling from the bye i don't think you go all out week uh week 22 or whatever it is but Saskatchewan should be hungry too. They got embarrassed twice, right? You know what I mean? The what 14 and one labor or whatever it is, you know, in the last 15 years on Labor Day. And, and oh, if they beat us Labor Day, we're going to get them unbangeable. Like, this is still a rivalry game too, right? You know, it's there's a lot on the line. And, and let's oh, face it, it's a, Mike 
It's a Michael Shea game. I mean, Michael Shea yeah. is not taking an easy night off on anybody's right here. Uh, Chris over in the chat wanted to mention the Rough Riders running back game. Uh, Sean Wilson, he wanted to know about him. Honestly, I don't know much. Uh, I know Frankie Hickson is more of that slasher back, uh, makes those extra little cuts and everything else. Jamal Morrow's maybe more of a hammer him down uh, sort of back. I don't know much about Sean Wilson, though. The other thing also, as you said, start him in fantasy. I'd be very questionable to do that because he is injured this already. He had a hamstring injury during practice. He didn't practice today. Will be questionable. I think he'll probably be the backup, but that means that they need a starter in Saskatchewan. And I think they got a local Winnipeg boy to be doing that this week. Keenan LaFrance will get the start, likely, yeah. Saskatchewan. That's so funny because I asked you about him week one, and you're like, I don't think he's really going to be on the team. And now he's the starter. Eh? That's the CFL football. But quick quick look at Sean Wilson. His uh, Wikipedia page is not updated if it's the right one. It says his current theme is the Washington Commanders. Uh, so obviously that's not true. Uh, he's a... Uh, not in the NFL, playing on the Commanders. I hate that name. That's another show. I'm not going back to the old name. I love football team. Washington football team, that was fine. You know, don't replace the team that everyone loved or they're like they loved. You know what I mean? Keep it. This football team would have been fine. But anyway, so I don't know. Played in Duke. Played with Tampa a little bit in the NFL too. So he's got a game experience, it looks like. You know, it's whatever. But I don't know. I don't want to tell anyone to play that risky 2,500. We'll need to call in Ryan uh, on his day, another day off here uh, to see what he thinks. But, man, Saskatchewan, you're talking about must win. But guess who they play next week? The team that's on their butt for the crossover, Hamilton. And if Hamilton wins that, then they're a game down, right? So things are getting interesting. And it's crazy what this uh, – just crazy. I'm just crazy yeah. about how this season's going to end, man. Well, and now for Saskatchewan, their strength thread one time was a running game. Uh, not saying that Sean Wilson won't do it. I'm not saying that Keenan LaFrance won't do it. But you know what? You've gone through two already. Shaq Cooper, they had for a cup of coffee. Apparently, they released him. Uh, we'll get to that later on in fantasy, actually, because there's probably a little funny story to have in there. Uh, but you know what? I, I think Saskatchewan, their big thing is, is still the offensive line. We've talked about this at nauseum, so we won't go through it again here. But um, if that offensive line kind of holds together, Cody Fajardo can put enough of a game together that they could possibly win this game. If they can't, well, they're not going to win. I've brought this up many of times that if until this O-line is better, we aren't going to do much in Saskatchewan. Uh, anything else you want to bring up for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? Any key injuries or anything that we need to worry about over there? It uh, looks like that I think more Mike O'Shea is just uh, – playing a little bit of gamemanship here because everybody's questionable again so uh i don't see half of these guys going honestly, to be honest with you honestly and i i'm trying not to i i mike well, i don't know where mike is but he's bad for tooting the blue bomber horn a little too much sometimes but i try not to but they have depth you know what i mean the bombers have depth so even if some of those guys are out oh here's the private chat hi mike <laughs> um um but you know what i mean um if um yeah, they got depth. You know, has Ellington even or Ellington has he even played this year? You know what yeah, I mean? He's, he's played, played a few games in the beginning. Yeah. He looked excellent, and then yeah. all of a sudden he's injured. But guess and, what? We uh, they're a... bringing a guy named Brendan O'Leary Orange from BC and keep winning with him. Yeah, that's what I mean. You have you got a guy like Schoen who came out of nowhere beginning of the year. Dembski's come up and down here and there. A Bailey showed up a little bit. A Walatarski was actually I was surprised with his input. You know, they got depth there. The one place they don't have tons of depth, it seems like is the old line and everything else. Someone gets hurt. 
they seem to just throw another guy in there. Sure, Osh would put the pads on uh, if the middle linebacker depth got a little shaky there, but I, I'm not too concerned. The one thing I want to say about this game is I, I like their logo they got, their Indigenous uh, one, and they should keep that all the time, honestly. I, I, I think it looks deadly. Absolutely. And the other thing also in this game uh, that uh, maybe you guys haven't heard about yet, uh, there will be uh, orange uh, jerseys, special orange jerseys made for this game here that both teams will be wearing uh, during warm-ups, I believe. Uh, they're going to go in afterwards. Or I know the Riders anyways. I haven't heard for the Bombers yet. But they're going to get auctioned off or uh, raffled off afterwards. So, uh, yeah, if you're a Riders fan, check that out later on for sure as well. Let's move on to the next game here because, again, we've talked about these two teams. We know their strengths. We know their weaknesses. Let's move on to this game here, which, uh, yeah, this is going to be an interesting one here. This is the Ottawa Red Blacks, although they're away, so maybe there's a little bit more of a hope for them against the BC Lions. Uh, this is Friday late night football here uh, after the Ryder Bomber game. Trey, does Ottawa have a hope in this one, or am I just, uh, am I just wasting my breath? I, mm, the only thing that gives Ottawa a chance is BC hasn't looked that great the last couple of weeks, you know. But other than that, I it, I don't want to call this a trap game because you think BC should be that much better. Ottawa's at the point where – are they eliminated officially yet? Uh, no, technically no. they are not eliminated yet. They got a strip. The only way that Ottawa makes this right now is Saskatchewan has to lose across the board, which you never know. Uh, <laughs> Montreal has to lose across the board. Ottawa has to win across the board. And I believe it's uh, Hamilton has to lose across the board. And right. I think Hamilton and Montreal play each other. So, so does Hamilton and Saskatchewan. Hamilton and Saskatchewan play yeah. too, right? So one can't so win. Like, I mean, I, it's got to be like, I, I'm sure this is elimination game for Ottawa. because Pretty much. See, we'll talk about it later, but the line's at anywhere from six and a half to seven and a half. I don't know if they're going to win by, BC's going to win by that much, but they should win, right? You know, it. Yeah. But, you know, maybe we need Richard on here. He's the BC guy. What's what's your thoughts on VA? Do you think he's going to beat uh, Ottawa by six and a half? Because other, I'll put a, I'll put the money down on that. <laughs> well, you know, that's a guy that I wanted to talk a little bit about here is Vernon Adams Jr. Yeah. I mean, you and me both had him as MOP, I think, for the East at the beginning of this year. <laughs> I mean, he had one average game, I guess, against the Toronto Argonauts and then just went right from there to irrelevance and – you know, in BC, uh, BC's going to win by 10, Richard. Okay, well, hey, you never six. know. Two big sixes. Nah, that's why. Oh, okay. yeah, it's not VA. VA's, but VA's also going to fumble it three times when he tries to dangle with his – he saw Kyler Murray. But, you, he know, to to, but like, you know, I just don't get it with VA, though. He'll have one game against Calgary there that he looked like the old VA. Made a, that big throw when he had to, was reasonably accurate, uh, and could make the ball extend the play with his foot, feet. This last game here, short passes, right in the pocket, not moving around. I, I don't get what they're doing with Vernon Adams right now, and especially when you've got a receiving core that likes to go deep. So, I don't know, Adams for MOP in the West. I think you guys may still have that one, Richard, even though you had a uh, quarterback go out for how many weeks. He might, I don't know, Nathan Rourke might still be the MOP for this year in the, in the uh, CFL. But um, you know what? Uh, yeah, I just don't get it with Vernon Adams. What do you got, Trey? Um, you know, I, I'm like you too. They got there. He was my Eastern MOP. And I, because I, I did not see anyone else in the East do it. Who's even is the Eastern MOP? Like, 
Bethel Thompson at this point, and that's pretty sad. But you know, um, who's even the West? I guess you give it to Caleros, but I don't. That's not a happy one, right? So he, all jokes aside, if VA turns it up the last three four weeks here, I guess he could be. You know, he, I guess he can't take his stats in Montreal into effect, and then he was injured on the injured list for like six weeks. But I don't know who else to give it to. This is going to be the one of the craziest years for that stuff. I think Gittins would be Canadian. Right, yeah. Toronto, I guess, and then I, in the West, I don't even know who the best Canadian is. Maybe Dembski or um, Shaken Bake, but they're not exactly going off either. And they've had some. No, I guess he just had a couple big games or for my fantasy, but maybe he's not doing as good as I think. I, think do you I, I don't know. To me, on the opposite side of the ball, you might want to look at some defensive guys for Canadian of the Year because in the West, anyways, because I mean, Cam Judge, other than the suspension, had a pretty good year so far. Um, Big Hill's had a decent year. Uh, there's some guys over on the, like I said, on the defensive side of the ball, maybe. But uh, I just wanted to bring this up for breaking news here. The Toronto uh, Blue Jays, for those Blue Jay fans, did lose tonight 8-3, to which is a terrible loss. However, the Cleveland Guardians, I should say, I almost said the wrong name there, had walked <laughs> off the Tampa Bay uh, Rays. So that means that that's a good one for Toronto. Also, the Boston Red Sox beat the Orioles. <laughs> that's a good one for Toronto. That makes their magic number go down to one. And that means they win tomorrow against the Yankees. I think they still play the Yankees tomorrow night. They uh, go to Boston soon, I think. I, I yeah, they go to Boston quickly here. But, uh, yeah, their magic number is one. They might still be able to celebrate their own t- clubhouse as of maybe even tomorrow. Anyways, we'll move back on to this, though. Uh, on the Ottawa side of football, you know what? It's been a bad year. We know all about the Ottawa's pains and sufferings in quarterback. Uh, we know that they haven't used their offense quite the way I think it should be used. Uh, with You really have done nothing with William Powell. I can't see him being back in Ottawa next year, if nothing else, just outright released, because I don't see him doing much. Uh, and the other problem you've got is you got a BC Lions defense here that's really kind of hungry to prove that they can also shut down a team just like Calgary did to them the other week. This could get ugly pretty quick, unless I'm missing something here, Trey. No, my only worry, it's my gambling worry about a trap game. Other than that, if you look at paper, this should be a, if you want to play Madden, it's an 85 overall against a, 70 that's what it should be right but sometimes the when you simulate it that 70 team can still somehow win you know but i don't know i'm i would go i'm going B, like i guess i'm going to go bc to win it's just the that where's ryan that dang spread right it's six and a half i wish i had the confidence of richard to say 10 because you can change the lines and win more money but i wouldn't go 10 that's a no maybe six and a half but it should be bc like you said, VA, VA's on a contract year too, right? Like he's got to show himself and he's not staying in BC where they already have O'Connor and Rourke, right? So it's, he's, he's pissing away his opportunities too to try to get a contract, you know? And like I said, he's going to be competing with Bo and Fajardo in the off season, right? So when you look at those three, let's be honest, how many teams would put him number one out of those three? Probably not many, so that either that drives down his value, that drives down he might not even get starter money. So it's he might not get as much guaranteed. So it's a lot. He's a plan for a lot too. So I want to see more out of him. You know, like I said, I argued with Derek Taylor about him. 
And I know it would be really something if VA turned it around just so I could say I was right. <laughs> you know, the other thing also on this one that's really kind of neat is, you know, in the CFL right now, and we haven't talked about it a whole lot in this year yet, there got to be some quarterbacks that are getting developed and that will be the future of the CFL. I think one probably is Trey Ford, maybe over in Edmonton. He's kind of going to be suited up and suited uh, for that job. Caleb Evans, I think his time is starting to pass more than it's coming in. Uh, but you look at a guy over on uh, Toronto side of the football as well. Cad Chad Kelly, I think is this guy that's looking like he has some potential in this league. Same thing also with Tommy Stevens over in Calgary. So, there's options always out there, right? You can always try to start a new guy. If you're if you're in a rebuild and a total rebuild, you could start some guys and start learning and adapting them into the system. Ottawa, you've been on a rebuild for three years. You got to pick up somebody young. Just pick them up, build your team around the guy, and see what you can do. I think is what Ottawa needs to do after this season. I don't know if that involves a coaching change as well. Uh, I wanted to get your opinion on that too, actually, Trey. Uh, is Lapo done here? Or is this going to go for one more season? What's your thoughts? See, I was kind of on the side, because we were talking about this too in our group chat today, right? I'm kind of in the side. Who do you replace them with? Like, I know there's... See, the CFL is this weird thing with, with coaches and quarterbacks. Yes, we do have guys in the backup reins that could pop up. We always see that, right? That's how all these guys get their shot. They're the backup that comes in. But you also look and you're like, did any of those guys that you name... They could be out of the league next year or two years, if you know what I mean, if the team doesn't want them and they could be playing for the Rock in, in the XFL or something else. So it's really because so so it's the same thing with coaches. I don't know who to replace them with. I know there were some in-house guys we've talked about. I'm terrible with coaching staff's names, so I won't even try to go through them. I can remember you guys talked about, I think, a, a coach within Ottawa could move Bobby, up. Bobby Dice, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe You know, another guy that I was going to bring up there is Bobby Dice that I talked about uh, last week as special teams coordinator for the uh, Ottawa Red Blacks. Another one also would be maybe Jason Moss if he wants to go back into coaching. Uh, although I have a funny feeling that I've heard things about him going possibly to Montreal to replace Danny Machocha, which makes a little bit of sense because both of them worked for Edmonton at that time. Uh, the other one also is uh, Jason Shivers. I think he'd make a great head coach somewhere one day here. Another one also that's kind of an intriguing one, and I don't know if he wants the job more than if he just is enjoying where he is, is Richie Hall in, uh, in uh, Winnipeg. You know, I, I say his name only because he was a head coach at one time. He was he didn't have a good success at it. He, he tried. I think he was with uh, Edmonton, was it? Or I think? Or BC? No, it was Edmonton. He tried, he tried to be the head coach there one time, and, you know, it just didn't work out for Richie Hall, unfortunately, at that point. And maybe it was just because they were in the middle of a kind of a rebuild and he was the uh, kind of the fall guy. But, you know, I wonder if he wouldn't be interested in maybe the job in Ottawa as well. Uh, again, there's also Marcel Belfay. He's always running around somewhere. Uh, you also look at some other guys in the, in the area. There's options, but, again, are they better than Paul Lapolis? That's the big thing. Uh, a lot of these guys are pretty specialized. So, you know what? Probably a good thing for the offseason for talk. Probably right, right now when you're facing a BC Lions team that's chasing another team in the West for possibly still a chance at first place. And Richard, just so you know, I'm hoping you guys get first place. Anyways, I'll leave that at that. And according to Wikipedia, it was Edmonton. He coached one year or one season as head coach. Uh, 
or the Edmonton, then those old names. Um, yeah. I had something else I was going to say. I don't remember. So let's just move on. I'm good. I'll fucking do it. You know what? Yeah, let's move on to the next game here because we want to try to get this uh, rolling here. And uh, you know what? Montreal is uh, – this used to be one heck of a rivalry in about that 2000s to 2006, 2007 Ricky era. Ricky Ray, Calvillo kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Yep, yep, exactly. You had Danny Machocho running down the field celebrating for the Edmonton team. Uh, not for the Montreal team now, but you know what? It's always fun when Montreal ends up going to Edmonton. You kind of get that old nostalgia with like, uh, Ben Cahoon and Scott Flory. And you get some of those old kind of cool names that you get coming out there. Montreal's taking on Edmonton here on Saturday. Uh, I believe it's afternoon there. Uh, this is going to be an interesting game. Edmonton's kind of been doing a little bit better recently. Uh, Trey, you want to talk a little bit about the Elks? Ah, oh, they're too a weird team, man. Um, I don't really have much. To, I mean, I'm interested in them. Does Does Cornelius now that he's got his money? Does he have a, a reason to try? Like, you know what I mean? I mean, they always have a reason, but now it's guaranteed. We always see that with contracts, right? Oh, you know, once you get a contract signed, there's a little bit of layoff. So I'm interested in that. And I'm interested because this is guaranteed too, right? So what does that say about the other quarterbacks in the room? Does that say Edmonton would not go after a Bo Levi, a Fajardo, a VA too? Their team that would any of those three guys not be better than Cornelius? So he's got a little bit to play for, I guess, too. Because if did he get 200000 or something? So, I mean, it's not impossible money if he's the backup. But I don't know about Edmonton. Like, I, I was thinking a couple weeks ago, maybe they could catch Saskatchewan if they decided to turn it on. Not anymore, right? I think Saskatchewan's just going to keep their head above water to finish fourth in the West. Who knows if it's third in the East, but we'll see that, you know. I I don't know. I'm more interested in Montreal in this game, right? I think in Montreal, Toronto's kind of trying to pull away a little bit in the division. So Montreal's job this week is to solidify second and hopefully they get a, what, nine and nine Saskatchewan team in November 10th or whatever. And they that's all they hope for, right? Yeah, and you know, Montreal's kind of a strange team. I mean, they're going to work on a few things to get ready for playoffs here. One of those being William Stanback, uh, who I believe has been practicing with the team. I don't know if he's going to play with the team this week, but he has definitely been practicing. Uh, we're going to talk about him again in fantasy fairly shortly here. But uh, very interesting to see him out in uh, in the field. Uh he uh, was limited in practice so far, has not done a whole lot because of that ankle injury in week one. But you know what? It'll be very interesting to see when he comes back because that changes the whole dynamic of that Montreal offense. They don't have to just rely on Eugene Lewis to make that amazing catch every time to get them into games. So I'm very interested to see what happens here with Montreal going further into the season. But right now, I think, I don't know, I just... I got a funny feeling that finally Edmonton streak is about to end just because I think Edmonton, they're playing for pride. They've got some consistency now. Uh, you were saying about Taylor Cornelius, uh, possibly, you know, maybe he's got his money. What is he worried about? You're always worried. That money ain't guaranteed. It's, uh, I guess Taylor Cornelius is part of it is now guaranteed. But, you know, that's not a big issue, I don't think, right now. I think he's worried about being that starter, number one, game one in 2023. And the only way you're going to do that is by proving to Coach Jones, who, again, shows loyalty to, well, nobody except for some of his head or coaching staff. He don't care what you do. If you win us games, you stay in. You don't, you go out. So 
Cornelius has showed him enough to get him some more consistent uh, snaps and time. Got to remember in Edmonton, you've got a guy named Trey Ford that wants that job as just as badly as Taylor Cornelius. I won't be surprised to see Trey Ford soon. Uh, I don't know if he's still on the injured list. Uh, he is not, so he's ready to go, I guess, for the Edmonton Elks. Uh, will be probably the backup because they can still see Kenny Lawler here. Or not, Kai Loxley is limited on a shoulder injury. Uh, I'll just run through some other injuries here that are really interesting to talk about. Nick Usher, the defensive lineman for Montreal, that's a big loss if he doesn't play, has a knee injury of sorts. Uh, also, Tyrell Richards, uh, the other D lineman on the other side, did not practice this week uh, on Wednesday because of an elbow injury. So that could be two big losses in the defensive line and possibly giving uh, Cornelius a little bit extra time to move around in that pocket. Uh, if you look over on the Edmonton Elks, they've been hammered with injuries all year here. Uh, Kenny Lawler looks like he might be back from injury. Uh, he's been a full participant in practice. Deion Lacey as well uh, was just a healthy scratch. Ed Ganey, ankle injury. Uh, didn't practice on Tuesday, but he was limited on Wednesday. I'd be surprised if he doesn't go. Uh, and again, there's some other ones that we can talk about here. Trey Watson, full. He's been ready to go. Uh, and the other one, Tim Bonner, uh, foot injury for the defensive lineman, not uh, been practicing all week. So that could be a little bit of a detriment. Anything else we need to talk about in this game here? I know this is going to be a very tough one to pick, as Richard said in the chat. Uh, he is not sure which way to do this on this one. He also wanted to mention that Edmonton has the highest priced quarterback in fantasy this week. And if Ryan was here, he'd say absolutely he is because he gives you a lot of fantasy points on individual plays. And he's also a guy that can run his own football in usually for third down. So that means uh, when you got goal line stands, usually it's Cornelius back there. So I'm quite happy with saying, yeah, Taylor Cornelius is probably a good fantasy pick. Uh, I just don't know about against Montreal, but hey, we'll see what happens here. Uh, Trey, any other points in this game? Nope, not on this game. I just want to touch real quick Alex's comments in there. Uh, I wouldn't make that trade. That's an NFL trade. Yeah, I wouldn't make that trade, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the rest of your team matters, Perfect. but yeah, don't, don't do so, that. So I guess we'll move on here to the uh, fourth and final game this week. This is the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, they're traveling out to Calgary. I think these are probably two of the hottest teams in the league right now. Uh, the Toronto Argonauts are coming off a huge victory against the Ottawa Red Blacks. You can't tell me that they didn't want that one, especially their defense. I'll give it that. And the Calgary Stampeders are coming off another good victory up against the BC Lions, which they needed as well to keep pace with them uh, in that season series. And uh, I think BC still wins it, but Calgary at least gets that one win to prove that, hey, we're just as good as you. In this game here, is there anything that's really standing out to you that's uh, going to be exciting or what we need to be looking at here, Trey, uh, maybe on the Toronto side? You know, I was actually really close to taking Toronto in this one. I thought they were at home, so I thought maybe. But in the road in uh, in uh, Calgary, there maybe not. But I, I, I'm a bit. I'm more on. I want to see what Bethel Thompson does. I was. I. I. I'm confused on him. I want to be high on him, but I'm not. You know, we. I think he keeps showing us that he's not. Um, and this is we're getting to the time of the year where I've been saying all year is why did Toronto sign guys like Banks and Harris? Now Harris is still on the injured list, but Banks got some. You know he's he, he's showing up when he needs to, and 
and they're not yelling at each other on the sidelines anymore like they were week two or three whenever that was right so something seems to be clicking in the six right now and it's going to be more than just blue uh, blue jays playoffs in uh in toronto this fall but this is a tough this is again this is one of those ones i want to see if toronto wins this one even by a field goal do you can you not say that they're a great cup somewhat favorite because like i said earlier they're they're gonna get a they're gonna get what montreal or saskatchewan you know sure they could win but i doubt it and then they're gonna go play either winnipeg bc or calgary and they've just been beating up on each other for two weeks and then you want to go farther back to bc and winnipeg's last two games they're gonna be beating up each other for like five weeks and then it's like oh you gotta play toronto who they gotta they gotta buy and they got to play montreal right or saskatchewan you know so i i want to see toronto take off with this i think i think this is the game of the week i'm gonna agree with richard it's somewhat playoff implications it should be a playoff atmosphere thank god it's in calgary so maybe the fans will make it a playoff atmosphere um that's what the argos should do they should just say like blue jay play like have that but in brackets next door to or like really close by at bmo field and get some uh, maybe some blue jay fans accidentally coming to bmo or something but or that's what well if the blue jays were owned by bell that's what they would do playoff ticket and then you get a free uh, ticket to the to the east final um but yeah i don't know what are you looking for in this one you know, I'm looking forward to seeing some future. Uh, I, I was going to say this in the Edmonton game as well, but also in the in the Toronto game. Look forward to seeing some future receivers in this game here. Uh, you look at a guy like uh, Dylan Mitchell, who has been really good in Edmonton lately. Has had three games, just having one big play every game there. As well, over on this one here is Devontae Coxey. Has been just a guy that has come out of nowhere in the last two three weeks in the. Uh, he didn't have the greatest a game against Ottawa, but he's been a good receiver and has come out and proven that he can be one of those solid guys out there when he needs to be. Along with the veterans over in Toronto, you're right. I think right now they have to be considered uh, maybe not the favorites. I think I'd still maybe give that to a Winnipeg or a BC or a Calgary. But the, you know those those odds that came out, they had Toronto at number one. And I think it's for, for that exact reason. Their chance of beating Montreal Saskatchewan is greater than Winnipeg's is that beating Calgary and BC. And I guess it's gonna—I don't know. I—I—it's I, gonna be—it's gonna be that year where Calgary and Ottawa and Ottawa was what nine and nine, and Calgary was like the fifteen and three, and it, what in the snow and it was like overtime, and then Ottawa wins, right? Like it's probably gonna end up being that kind of Grey Cup. But I don't know. I think Toronto's hot, and I think they need in Calgary. Yeah, they won. But are they hot? Because, you know, it was an interesting game last week between those uh, BC and Calgary, right? So, I don't know. This one's a, this, this one's a coin flip. The, we, need, we need Ryan's coin. Yeah, exactly. And it's Toronto. I mean, it's fair to use it. Uh, the other thing also in this is, you're, you're, we were saying about it earlier, is the battle of the defenses here. Calgary had an awesome game against the BC Lions here last week. They just absolutely stuffed Vernon Adams. Uh, they shut down James Butler and kept those receivers really legitimate and right in front of them, which was great on the Toronto, uh, Calgary Stampeders. The Argonauts, we talked about them, nauseum already here. Uh, seven, eight turnovers in a game. I mean, that's uncalled for. So to me, I want to see if they continue this dominance, like Richard just said in the chat. Uh, this is a legitimate offense. This is not the Ottawa Red Blacks. You've got a guy like Jake Mayer who wants to prove some more in this league. He just got paid a big extension. He wants to prove that it, we, we, he was worth it. If he could prove he's worth it, hey, 
you never know. Maybe they might decide that we're good with Jake Mayer and uh, Tommy Stevens for the rest of the season. He would like a little bit of pressure off him because I know for a fact that there's a certain Texan probably breathing over his shoulder every play that he makes. So, you know what? I, I'm very interested to see this game here. This could be, again, this is probably the game of the week. If Toronto can get a win over Calgary here, man, I am really liking the odds of Toronto. And you're right. They have the easiest path to the Great Cup probably by far. I mean, they don't have to go through the murderer's nest known as the West Division. Uh, they either get the Montreal Alouettes, who they've had their number for quite a while now, or they get the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, who they beat twice in a row this year. Uh, they can move this game out to Halifax, get this game going, and probably win this one. And by the way, have a lobster roll before you head out to Saskatchewan for the Grey Cup. Uh, you know what? I I like Toronto in this one. I'm going to talk about it later in betting, but uh, we'll explain. I'll explain why later on. Uh, Trey, anything else that you're looking at this week? Uh, anything for for uh, players or anything else for any of the teams or anything that you're looking to see that might be exciting? Or I find this is the weirdest year. I feel like I said we were talking about the MOP thing. There, who who who's the players to watch? Like yeah. you know, yeah, there are the names like every team has, but there isn't a guy right now that's going off off like yeah they're shown but he's kind of quiet down and there was work but you know unfortunately there so i have nothing man it's been it's, it's a lot of like those fill-in guys having to come up big right now or you know and kicking kicking on both sides of the border has been atrocious man especially in the cfl this year and those field when it gets cold those field goals are going to be more valuable right and it's going to be harder to kick a rouge in uh mosaic at the end of november right so yeah, I, I want I want to see the kickers get some consistency because we're looking at BC, Calgary, and Winnipeg. Those two games are probably going to come down to a field goal or a rouge or something. Calgary, BC might the way they've been playing, and Winnipeg's not a team that blows up many teams minus Saskatchewan. Other than that, every game's been close, right? And then you look at the East, Montreal and Toronto. Yeah, they've got their number, but did Montreal couldn't have Montreal won because of a missed field goal early on? So, you know, it's gonna. I, I think the kickers need to get their stuff together, and that's what this is for, right? What and if it's a COVID yeah. thing? Do you think, you'd like, because it's one of those things, like, kicking's kind of like shooting a basketball. It's repetition if you take some time off, where maybe blocking and some of that other stuff is a little bit not, more riding a bike a little bit. I'm not saying that's easier, but maybe, you know, the muscle memory, because, yeah, especially the CFL taking a – yeah, Sean, see, that's the thing. They're 90, but you want them to be, like, 95. You know what I mean? Like, that's where we've gotten the kicking. This isn't the Troy Westwood era anymore where you're going to get by, by, you know, 70% and the other 30 go wide left, right? It's, you, you got, like, kicking anything within, what, 40 or 50 should be 100% these days? Like, you know, how how used to it we've gotten, right? You got kids in, kids in college able to kick at 60. So, you know, and yes, that's maybe not what the guys run, you know, the 300-pound uh, Jeff Coates and Willie Jefferson's running at and Big Hill's running at you, but... I don't know. That's what I want to see. You know, what I'm going to look at this week here, and it's with all the teams that are in this, because I think every one of these teams that are playing this week are playoff bound, essentially, except uh, maybe Ottawa and Edmonton, I suppose. But you know what I'm going to watch is for the playoff teams, who's running the ball and who's running it effectively. Because you look at Montreal, they've got a great running back coming back in William Stanback. That is going to be huge. For the Alouettes, I make my word right now. 
the Alouettes with William Stanback back is a completely different team than with him not on the roster. So when that happens, expect big things out of Montreal. You look at a team, uh, let's go with uh, Calgary. Kadeem Carey is a great running back. Again, they've got that one-two punches well with uh, Logan Paul there. So he looks like both of those guys look great right now. So you've got those two. Over on the BC side of the football, yeah, James Butler has been a great running back for the BC Lions. Two teams, though, that I'm a little more questionable about on the running game is Toronto and Winnipeg. Winnipeg, we've said this all year, and I'm going to keep it going because when Brady Oliveira has been called upon and been having to rely on him for a game, sometimes he's okay, sometimes he has those odd little funny plays, sometimes he doesn't read it all, and it's a yard for a hit for loss. So I don't know if I'd be as comfortable as I used to be going in the playoffs as a Winnipeg Blue Bomber fan for that reason alone, just because they don't have Andrew Harris back there. Toronto, on the other hand, right now, Andrew Harris is done for the season. We know that. So it's AJ Litt's game to go on. He's a good guy out of the pot, out of the backfield for passing. I think he blocks okay for McLeod Bethel Thompson. But in the end, when it gets cold, you got to hammer the rock. And when you're pounding the rock, you got to have a guy that can do it. And I don't know. I just... I, Maybe I'm wrong, Trey. Is AJ Olette the right guy for that? No, but they, who are they going to do? And you know, the East is so weird. Like, what are they going to do? Trade? Who are you going to trade for? Like, unless you take a second or third or fourth string guy, and then you're kind of fit with, and when you give up a seventh round pick, you got the same, basically the same guy you have now, right? And no, with his build, I think his I think his game style becomes a little bit more valuable in the cold because even though he doesn't get it handed off to, if he does get those swing passes or those screens, and that's pretty much a run, especially in November. Uh, you know, Toronto's not as cold as you and I have to deal with soon here, but I don't know. And again, with Oliveira, I think I think he's going to get it a lot more. Him or Augustine, what, like they're going to. I think they're going to go to him more because. There was even some time with Andrew Harris. There was games they went away from him a lot. And then, they, yeah, they ended up losing or something. But then, you know, next week or two, they kind of go away from him. And then 200 yards, or you know what I mean? Or 100 and some yards and two touchdowns. And he's up on the thing celebrating and playing in the snow. I think that's what's going to all be Oliveira the next few weeks, I'm hoping. You know, if I was – because I, 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 with how Caleros has been throwing, he's had very little games over 300. He's not going to throw 300. And if we have a West uh, Finals again where he throws, what, four picks in the first half, well, you're going to need Oliveira to settle that down a little bit, right? And I don't know. And then especially in a in a game where he got three downs. So Oliveira is going to need to pick up three, four yards of carry at least, right? So and same with Olet and these guys. you got to start somewhere. But see, the run game thing is so tough. It's so yeah. tough. I understand why they go away from it. Like two, You don't even see it in the NFL much running unless you got Derrick Henry. Or something, right? But other than that, or Chubb or something like that. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, but unless you got that guy, if you have a team, they don't even go to Zeke anymore. The Cowboys, you know what I mean? Like they, 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 and everything is everything in the NFL when they do run, it's rotation, rotation, rotation. I have Dallas's backup, and he gets more points than Zeke does every week, and and but they still run first down, and that's pretty much it. So again, if you have one less down, why the heck would you run it that much? But you run it, and you win, right? So. Hmm. I don't know. It's it, running is interesting to me because you can play yeah. the whole game throwing it, but you just got to be 
I don't know. I don't think there's any quarterbacks in the league that are that much of a Tom Brady game manager where they can just go three, four yards every play. Yeah. And then so actually you have to go. That's what I mean. You can't even do three, four yards every play in the CF. I've been watching too much NFL. <laughs> so let's move on. I'm good for fantasy now, man. I'm, yeah. I'm not. Nope, for sure. And then uh, I just wanted to mention, I didn't mention one team for specifically right now, and that's the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, uh, likely playoff bound. But uh, yeah, we're uh, we're a little injured running back right now. And uh, if Will, if uh, Jamal Morrow and Frankie Hickson somehow get back into Saskatchewan, all bets are off. I think that the Jamal Morrow can start running the ball. He's fresh and he might just start really running well into the playoffs. But hey, let's move on to fantasy because uh, we got a little bit of news on that as well. First things first, I'm going to bring up our fantasy league matchups this week. Trey, I think I can bring yours up very easily because, uh, well, there's only, uh, you don't have any teams that you're playing anymore. You're already finished for the uh, CFL uh, 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 Podcast Network fantasy uh, pool. And uh, that means that, hey, you are on a bye week. Uh, I think what, I, I think how are you feeling play. about it? I got to play because it comes down to points and your bye week points still count towards that, don't they? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so I think I have a – right now the guy that's in ninth is seven and eight. Yeah, Brazilian guy over from the two and out. Yeah, and he's got like two points less than me. So if he, he, needs, to, if he needs to win and get two more points than whatever I do this week. So it's still a – Still a little nerve wracking. I'm looking at it. It's uh so technically you're telling me that you're you're unofficially playing uh Brazilian Thai. Uh, yeah, in a weird way. Players. In a weird way, I have to because uh. yeah. And if I take a look here, Ryan is uh just trying to pull it up here real quick. Uh taking on uh X's and Argos this week. Uh, he, uh, X's and Argos, I believe both of these two are playoff bound. So I guess you rest your starters in that game. Make sure that you don't take anybody injured and, uh, just get ready for playoffs, which will probably, I think, start next week or week after. Uh, we're also, I go and I take on, uh, Oz Davis. Uh, he is not going to likely make the playoffs this year. Had a good run there for a little bit and, uh, will end up probably, well, I'm hoping five and eleven, uh, because I really want to win my game here, and uh, you know, maybe even get home field for the playoffs, which would be really nice. Uh, Only home field Saskatchewan's getting this year. <laughs> there it is, Kay. <laughs> All right, let's move on here to our picks uh, for fantasy this week. Here, uh, first things first, we're going to run through the quarterbacks here, Trey. Uh, I'll let you go first. What are you thinking for a quarterback? Oh, I don't like it, but I have actually wait. I have Trevor or yeah, Trevor Harrison right now. I'm not sure about because I'm not sure about that uh, Edmonton defense, but I just realized Vernon Adams is only like six thousand or three dollars less than that, so I might throw him in instead because he is the starter, right? So why I don't that's what I don't understand about this. You can put in Nathan Rourke for $12,800, even though he's not playing. Like, they should take him off and get rid of that. And then why is Pipkin, like, $700 more than Vernon Adams? And isn't Vernon, like, Vernon Adams should be the starter. I know he's not been playing great, but still. So I think I'm going to go Vernon Adams. You know, he's a cheap play, and he's your starting quarterback. Yeah, he might have a fumble. Yeah, he might have a pick, but he also might have three rushing touchdowns the way he plays, right? So... 
I think I'd stay away from the big guys. Like I'm not going with Cornelius. What the heck is that about? Not going with Caleros. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not going with Fajardo. I'm not going with Mayor Bethel Thompson. I had Trevor Harris, but let's go down to VAU. Yeah, I, I, I'd love to pick Saskatchewan's Cody Fajardo, but I, I just know better than that already at this point of the year. I I hope they have a great game and that they – that I get absolutely eating my words when he gets 45 points in fantasy this week. Ah, but in that case, no, I'm going to go the same way as you are right now. And that is Vernon Adams jr. Just because he's a very reasonable pickup. You don't spend a lot in fantasy and he's playing Ottawa right now. How could you not want to take him? Uh, Ryan wanted to bring up also Taylor, why he thinks Taylor Cornelius. Uh, Ryan is away. Of course, this week with scheduling. He wanted to just bring up his fantasy picks as well. Uh, quarterbacks that he likes, uh, Taylor Cornelius from Edmonton, seven passing touchdowns, four t- rushing touchdowns, and just two interceptions in the last start, five starts. So he's probably one of the ho- hottest quarterbacks in the league, in all honesty. Uh, that's why he's asking so much money here. Uh, he's put up pretty much 20-plus pa- fantasy points in each of those. Yeah, he's expensive now, but I think he's still worth it, in Ryan's opinion. And the other one that he wanted to bring up, was McLeod Bethel Thompson. The Argos like to throw the ball a lot. They're facing a defense in Calgary. That's been known to give up a lot uh, throughout this year. Most weeks, he's good for a floor of about 15 points, which is only a few off his full value. He has potential to surpass it this weekend. I give him credit. That is a very good idea as well, just because you're right. Calgary does give up that deep ball a little bit more than most teams. Uh, His reasoning also, if you did want to maybe take Vernon Adams Jr., uh, he was looking at, I uh, had another dud week last week, but uh, it was about as cheap as you can ask for, for a starting quarterback and he's facing Ottawa. So I guess he's got the same feeling as we do. He's cheap. He's it's Ottawa. He should get some points. So those are your options there in quarterback uh, running backs. When we get into that position there, I have taken a look at this for a long time and I don't like spending money on my running back position very often myself uh, because I've gotten burned over the years a few times. However, uh, that being said, I really do like James Butler at $7,590, more than I usually spend. And Ryan thought two weeks ago I was crazy for taking him against the Calgary Stampeders. Am I crazy against taking him for the Ottawa Red Flocks? I don't think so. You look at what Ottawa did last week. AJ Ouellette had a very good game against the Ottawa Red Blacks. And James Butler can also run the ball out of the backfield. So to me, I really do like James Butler in this pick here. I'm thinking maybe taking the Saskatchewan uh, running back, which will be named later. Uh, Keenan LaFrance is probably who it's going to be. Um, I'm going to probably end up with Keenan LaFrance. I think he wants to maybe prove something against, uh, you know, he's going to his own hometown. Maybe he wants to prove a little bit that he should have been there instead of Brady Oliveira. Hey, give him credit. Maybe he'll actually do something. And Saskatchewan does have the pieces that seem to help their running backs this year. So might not be a bad choice. And he's a cheap, uh, he's kind of a sleeper option, very reasonable priced pickup for Keenan LaFrance. Uh, Trey, who are you thinking this week in fantasy? You know, see, I, I have Oliveira for one. I think I'm hoping, I'm hoping to God the Blue Bombers finally run. Um, that other spot, you know what? Right now, I don't have my second running back spot filled, and I got about 9,400 left. So I could put Kadeem Carey in if I wanted to. Um, 
no other point. I don't think I'm going to, I might upgrade my flex actually. So I, I don't know. I'm, I was thinking James Butler too, a little bit. Um, uh, Cause after that, again, the CFL, when you do run, you usually go to your top guy. There's not a lot of rotation. So if you don't want to take the expensive three, four guys, what are you, you're left with putting in a kick returner or something potentially. Right. So I, I just got all of air right now. I think I'm going to have to keep the other one hidden just because of how important this week is in the standings. <laughs> a little bit of strategy there from Trey, uh, making sure that nobody's watching our podcast on this and trying to see what they've got. Uh, running back said Ryan likes this week. Kevin Brown is an absolute steal at $5,000 for a guy who's been an explosive addition to Edmonton's offense and faces one of the worst run defenses in the league of Montreal. Well, hey, that might just convince me to change my pick. Uh, Keenan LaFrance, he did throw him out as well. Uh, if he's starting with Morrow and Hickson both out, he should be the go-to guy, low $2,500 price for a starting quarterback, uh, running back against the Bombers defense. That's been Swiss cheese lately as an easy value play. That one I agreed with. I said on that one too. AJ Ouellette from the Toronto Argonauts, he says the price has gone up a bit. So he doesn't fully love this play but he does think that there's some upside in his passing catching ability and that he potentially thinks he's worth a shot. I saw improvement with his rush game last week. He had 5.7 yards per carry, which is right around league average. So, hey, maybe he might not be a bad pickup. Uh, Devontae Williams also was maybe a thought in Ottawa, uh, similar to A.J. Olette, but a little bit cheaper. Likely he won't have a 100-yard rushing day, but you'll get a couple uh, check down passes that'll help his totals. I don't like his matchup against B.C., he didn't like the effectiveness of the offense of Ottawa's, but he said, I like it as much as Ouellette versus Calgary and a potential money saver. If that's the way you're going to do this, uh, that was what his thoughts were there. Uh, moving on uh, to wide receivers. Uh, Trey, you want to run through yours first or you want me to run through Ryan's first? I'll go through mine while we're here. Um, well, of course I got my baby Dalton showing. Picking up the first stringer. Actually, I could change this around because I did have Javon Katoy, but I got a little bit extra cash because I, I I put in a running back that you might have mentioned. That again, I don't want to say names, uh, but uh, what can I say? Twenty five hundred guy. Yeah. Anyway, someone you mentioned that we talked about at the beginning of the year. So I threw him in there. Now I got a fair bit of money to play with. I got two a flex and a receiver spot with about fourteen thousand. You know what? I'm also liking Lucky Whitehead, um, you know, or someone on the BC, like, you know, between him or Rhymes, right? Someone, they're probably going to get a lot of opening against Ottawa, you would think, and you hope Vernon Adams can at least throw it 30 yards to them, right? And then the other position, what I got left? 6,500. Let's go down here. Let's just see. Uh, screw it. Rasheed Bailey. Here we go. I'm going to go with the two bombers and the BC Lion. You know, I've been looking at this one for a little while here, and I'm going to go through Ryan's here real quick first and uh, see what he thinks, and then I'm going to go and select mine because I think me and him are thinking a little bit more similar than we used to, which is strange. But, I did, I mean, me and him never picked the exact same picks at the same time. But, uh, yeah, we, uh, we'll go with Ryan's here first. Uh, Nick Dembski was one of his ideas. Touchdowns in four straight games. Always plays his best games against the Riders. Hey, that's a good point. Uh, Rashid Bailey, four touchdowns in the last six games, five receptions in three of the last five. He looks like he's starting to find his groove, and I got to agree with that. 
uh, as well. And he had a great game against Saskatchewan the last time in the Banjo Bowl. Kyron Moore, uh, if he picks anybody from Saskatchewan, it probably is going to be Moore. Uh, goes to possession receiver. Bombers continue to play their zone defense. Hey, there's opportunities there for high-volume receptions and to take them for considerable yardage. He had Nate Bahar down in here. Uh, however, Nate Bahar is out for Ottawa, so I won't bring up Nate Bahar. Uh, Brendan O'Leary, Orange, uh, for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. It's a cheap value play. He's averaged 12 points per the two games that he's been filling in for Drew Wolitarski, and he had a big game also against Saskatchewan. Don't want to forget that. Uh, and DeMonte Coxie. Another cheap value play who gets get, keeps getting targets more and more. Has at least three catches a game. Hasn't broke anything huge yet, but he's going to do it one of these weeks. And when you got a team like Calgary, hey, it's maybe an opportunity there for a guy like Devontae, Devontae Coxie, who I'm definitely going to pick up this week myself. Uh, I've seen him now for about two, three weeks. I think he looks pretty good. And I think that he's going to be fighting for a position there. So that's what I'm going to go with with one. Uh, I do like Nip Nemtsky as well. He always gets his A game up for Saskatchewan. It's just one of those guys that just comes out, wants to show up his old team. And all the credit to him. He plays extremely hard, runs down the field. He goes from the backfield once in a while. So I really do like Nick Nemtsky uh, this week as well. Uh, and my third pick. I've got quite a bit of money laying around and I look at Calgary and I say that's a weak secondary or a secondary that sometimes not very weak, but one that gets picked on a little bit. So I am going to go and add, go into the big bucks this week. I'm going to go with Eugene Lewis. Uh, he's usually good for at least a touchdown. They do not have William stand back this week. So I don't have to worry about them running the football all the time. So yeah, I'm going to go with Eugene Lewis. I think that's a pretty good pickup this week against the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, going on to defenses here, I'm just going to read Ryan's here really quick while I do this because he's picked the same game and the same two defenses, the Toronto Argonauts and the Calgary Stampeders. I mean, I think it's almost self-explanatory why he picked those two teams, especially the Toronto Argonauts after he got, what, 29 points off of them last week? I mean, it was ridiculous. Uh, the Stampeders didn't do it in flash last week. They just put a lot of pressure on the quarterback and that is very interesting. Oh, Montreal's playing Edmonton. My bad. Ugh. Well, now I got to think about that. Uh, I'll think about that, Richard. It might still be uh, uh, Eugene Lewis, if they, especially if they start putting Deron Carter on him, that uh, that wouldn't end well either. So although it's Deron Carter, you should never, you should always take him for two touchdowns on either side of the football. But no, uh, back to defenses here. Uh, Ryan is saying either to Toronto or Calgary. Trey, what are you thinking? Ah, uh, man, I'm gonna go with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Ah, uh, I, I really uh, this one's interesting. I would personally stay away. I understand how they went off Toronto and Calgary's defenses. I would stay away from them because Toronto what played Ottawa last week, and now they play Calgary. And they got a little bit more offensive power. And then same with or, or Toronto played Ottawa. Yeah. So I'd stay away from those two. Um, I was thinking maybe BC because I'm sure Ottawa is just going to cough them up left, right, and center. But you never know. Ottawa's playing on the road, and that's the only place they ever win, right? Uh, I don't believe I'm allowed to take Saskatchewan anymore. Again, again. No, no, I'll let you take Saskatchewan. I want to see you in the playoffs. So if you want to take Saskatchewan and probably uh... – Disappoint yourself again by all means. I just got this strange feeling. It's going to be one of those games, like the classic bomber rider game where 
the team who everyone thinks should win won't. And, and that's basically that's basically what's happened this year, right? We ne- Bombers never win Labor Day, so they won. The Bombers never win Bangible. If they do win Labor Day, and, and we won. So it's like, yeah, I'm thinking Winnipeg only because I'm hoping that the Swiss cheese holier-than-the-Pope defense quits. Because it, it got tighter near the end of the season, the last two seasons. So I'm hoping that Richie Hall decides to just, you know, get the sewing needle out a little bit and tighten these boys up because it's pretty bad. If I had my PlayStation controller in the field at the field, this I'd, I'd have it smashed because it would just be my Madden going. Because I the defense is so horrific, but I'm going to go with it because they always seem to get a pick late or like a triple tip or a block something, and we'll go with that. You know, I'm going to actually go with uh, Richard over in the chat once again. Uh, waffling between BC and Winnipeg. You know what? I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to go with the BC Lions, and the reason being is Ottawa's offense is terrible right now. Uh, I know they're not at home, so that should be an advantage for them. Still sounds weird. Anyways, uh, nevertheless, I think that we, uh, Ottawa there is just pretty much packing it in for the season almost. I don't want to ever say that because no player wants to pack it in. They want to go hard 100% all the time as much as they can. But mentally... I don't know if they're all there right now. So to me, I think BC has got a lot to play for in this game. They still have a chance of catching Winnipeg, especially if the game before that, uh, Winnipeg somehow falters against the Rough Riders. So to me, I really like BC's defense. I'm going to probably pick up BC's defense in this one. Uh, That being said, I just want to run through our CFC uh, fantasy uh, team as well. Just really quick before we go to the picks against the spread. Uh, there was a few trades actually that happened here. Uh, team Trey and Team Adam made a trade. Uh, that was uh, Sean Thomas Erlington. And I believe it was, who did I get on that side of the ball as well? Jeez, uh, I can't even remember who I got right at the moment. Uh, from Team uh, Ryan. Uh, came over to, uh, Jalen Acklin was the other player that came over uh, to Team Adam. Uh, we traded off uh, Team Frankie Hickson. Uh, uh, Frankie Hickson from our team. Uh, he is on the injured reserve, so I wasn't too concerned on that one. Uh, and then uh, we also uh, traded uh, Nate Bahar, who's also injured and will not play this week. So Ryan is probably going to be annoyed at me. However, then Ryan went and made a big play today over on our priority window uh, pickups. Spent 30 bucks, which is a lot right now at this time of the year. And ended up acquiring William Stanback of the Montreal Alouettes, who's also injured. So you've got three injuries there, Ryan. Uh, somebody's going to have to be on your active roster that's hurt. So I don't know why, but the manager's forcing them to go out there injured. I just, bold strategy, but we never know. Followed by Team Adam, absolutely must be having the Harvest Crazies signing uh, for $2, uh, Shaq Cooper. Why did he sign Shaq Cooper? He's not even on the team. Yeah, again, Harvest Crazies. I made a mistake there. So uh, that got switched up. I went and I actually took in Keenan LaFrance for $2 this week. And uh, I dropped Sean Thomas Erlington uh, to make Ryan's uh, pickup work, uh, which was William Stanback. He dropped off Duke Williams, and uh, which was his first overall pick this year, uh, which is kind of stunning. Um, 
And then also, I believe Team Mike made a move this week. Uh, he went and picked up, uh, well, two guys, actually. Uh, in the last 15 minutes, he actually made a move. While me and Trey are stuck here online, he decided to grab another guy. Uh, I am just taking a look here. He is dropping off uh, Devontae Williams, I believe he had. And he's adding Peyton Logan from the Calgary Stampeders this week. So that move just happening in the last 15 minutes. Breaking news out of Calgary that there was a, a drop and a pickup. Then it's not Bo Levi Mitchell, so you don't have to worry about that. Uh, nevertheless, lots of moves this week, except for one guy, the guy above me, who hasn't made a move all week, and that's Trey Kolbeck. Trey, confident with your team or still going to catch me, or what's your plan? I, I thought I was going to catch you, and then I don't know what happened this week, so it might just be uh, uh, I just might be looking at the offseason board here, and I'll be fishing with the uh, Edmonton Elks and the Ottawa Red Blacks shortly. The other one also that I guess I should mention too, uh, Mike did pick up one other guy on this uh, on this day as well. Picked up Brendan O'Leary Orange in priority. Uh, didn't even make a bid. Uh, paid, paid $0 and got in a very good uh, wide receiver, which I completely forgot about again. So yeah, <laughs> the guys are really making some good moves here. I think it's time we move on to betting. What do you think, Trey? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's jump to betting. And before we officially do... Oh, we got to take care of a little bit of sponsorship here. Uh, you know, our betting segment, like, uh, well, not like always, always, but like recently is powered by BetStap. BetStap is a free app that helps you find the best value for your online betting sports, uh, providing comparative odds. You know, you don't just get one, you get multiple, including the BetStap recommended best odds, uh, which uh, we have been using to pick against the spread Ah, you know what? Make sure you pick your games against the spread. Remember, keep it responsible. I don't have the number handy like I did last week. I forgot, but uh, it's 1-800-something if you have an issue. I'm sure I could find it for you if anyone needs help. Uh, let's start with the first game, Banjo Bowl 2.0. I think it has moved to 8, but we'll keep it at 8.5. I think officially it is at 8 at Cool Bet. Winnipeg 8.5, Saskatchewan 8.5, plus 8.5. Oh, boy. Sorry, I'm reading what Mike is saying, making sure it wasn't important. Um, I'm going to go with the Winnipeg. This one's really tough, really tough for me. I can't bet against Winnipeg against the Rough Riders is mostly my best answer. Um, and I hate betting that way. I really do hate betting that way. I, 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 just, I was going to try to convince you to come to the dark side this I week. Just, you know, I just, here's my thing. What does Winnipeg have to play for this other than first place in the West, which they pretty much have? You know, I know, but it's what what's what's Saskatchewan playing for? They're not gonna make it. I don't know, man. Like Saskatchewan's playing for a playoff spot, first of all, because they have to keep up and met past the Hamilton Tigers. They need three games. They've got players that have just come back, which is Dan Clark, which don't underestimate the importance of Dan Clark. Dan Clark is a big guy has been holding that offense together, that offensive line for many of years. And they are finally playing some, getting some healthy football players back. Even Anthony Lanier is probably pretty close. Uh, you look at other guys. I mean, Darnell Sankey is probably an all-star season for him. I just really like the look of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, who I should also add, don't have Keon Adams anymore because he was released. And then, oh, by the way, I think a certain team in blue and gold picked them up. So 
That could be interesting to see what happens there. But you know what? I don't think Saskatchewan's going to eat at the same restaurant that they ate at the night before last game. I think that they're going to probably be healthier. They're coming in. They're they're hungry. They got to be hungry in this game. And if they aren't, and they just give up a bomb, absolutely drop a bomb like our uh, egg, like they did in the Banjo Bowl. Ugh, I don't know if I can wear this hat again. I know Scott last week on Twitter was giving me grief and saying, hey, you still repping your team? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm a CFL fan. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, to me, I got I can't let the Riders see them lose by eight and a half in this one. It's got to come down to a field goal. So I'm going to go with the Riders at least to cover. I wouldn't take them as a winner right now, but they really need it. So that's where I'm going. I'm going Riders. All right. Uh, and Richard in the chat, you know, through this nifty technology called the internet, Ryan texted us his picks. He went with the Bombers. So he's, but R- Richard, thank you. You can be our tiebreaker as well. Um, you guys both picked the Bombers. I should, I should also add that you'll never lead the parade again, Ryan, by picking the Blue Bombers. <laughs> never. It's never going to happen. Not a Grey Cup, never. Because no leading parade for you. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, right now we're 2-1. and one. Uh, You know, the Winnipeg guys are taking Winnipeg and Saskatchewan guys taking Saskatchewan, you know, nothing else. So, on to the later one. Uh, intern Eric or whoever it is controlling the slide. Uh, let's go to the next game here. Chop, chop, timber. Anyway, um, I think it is Ottawa at BC. There she glows. There she goes. Minus 6.5 for BC on bet 99 plus seven and a half on cool bet for Ottawa. Oh, this is another tough one. You know what? I'll let you go first on this one. And uh, then I'll say what Ryan uh, told, uh, told me beforehand. Yeah. You know what? On this one here. Uh, absolutely. By the way, Richard in the chat, I'm calling Ryan a Homer. Now he just is all absolutely all blue bombers. Never talks anything positive about my riders and uh, will be considered a outlaw in this, in the uh, province of Saskatchewan for the, uh, for the remainder of his time. Uh, by the way, he's driving through our, uh, he's uh, somewhere around. So uh, let's face it. I don't know what he's up to, but he better not drive through Saskatchewan. It might be ugly. Nevertheless, uh, Ottawa and BC, did they remember that Ottawa just got blown out by 30 last week against the Toronto Argonauts team? I know it's Vernon Adams in there and it's not or it's not Nathan Rourke, but I mean, the rest of that team is all still there. Uh, BC, all the way on this one for me by six and a half. I'll take that every day. So you're taking BC well. Uh, then we're going to, uh, you know what, Ryan has BC as well. Uh, so I guess I'll go BC. It, it's that weird thing where it's that it's a stupid CFL thing where every game is not completely out of reach. But I think that I think we're so late in the year that this shouldn't be a trap game. Uh, Richard, I'll hold you to that Monday show if they lose. Uh, they don't win by ten. What is that? A coffee? I don't know. We'll see. But let's move on to the next game. The Alouettes, or what did you call them? The Buckleys? Uh, the yeah, the Buckley. uh, yeah, they're awful, but they work. And uh, the Edmonton Elks. This is an interesting one. So you you're telling me it's the battle of the cool owners, and it's hard to go either way. It's okay. Well, I'm going to start off. Ryan took Edmonton. He did have Montreal, but he switched it to Edmonton at the plus three and a half on bet nine nine. My issue is we, we the same thing you said before. If you don't think Ottawa is going to be playing for anything, why would Edmonton? I know they're not officially out either. 
Uh, but Montreal, they are still technically fighting off Hamilton, and maybe they have in their mind they could catch Toronto. So I'm leaning to more. I'm going to go with Montreal um, just because I like disagreeing with Ryan, and then he can just go that dang spread, you know, and so it's fine. Uh, Adam, you're the tie break this time, man. Oh, great. Um, you know what? I'm looking at this game here, and I'm looking at two, a couple things. One, one has the best uh, quarterback in the last few weeks in the CFL. And oddly enough, it's Taylor Cornelius, not Trevor Harris. And on the other side of the football, one is playing for a possibility, still host a uh, East final. Ah, this is tough. And this one here, I think Edmonton is showing that life a little bit more and still has that belief that they can still make the playoffs. And look at Ottawa. They just went absolutely down last week. Uh, They didn't want to come into this really quite at all. Edmonton, they still have that kind of little bit of a kick into them. No pun intended with the Elks. But nevertheless, I think to me, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with the Edmonton Elks. What the heck? Uh, The reason being is I like Taylor Cornelius. I like uh, Brown in this game. And I like Dylan Mitchell. The offense has been getting way better for the Edmonton Elks. The defense will always be pretty good for the Elks because you've got Chris Jones. Uh, Edmonton, you're going to break your streak. I'm going to go with that. Perfect. So, yeah, you got you and Ryan, Edmonton plus three and a half. I go minus three. And to Richard, yes, Edmonton is community-owned. I misspoke, but it's president. Same thing. If you're the president of the organization, you can't go up any higher, right? Um, And also, uh, sorry, Gary. Yeah, sorry, Gary. I mean, he's been back on Twitter. That's nice to see the old undelete button got hit on that. Uh, yeah, it's cool. I, I like him on Twitter. I, I always follow yeah, him. Yeah, so him. even, you know, I was like, why can't a quarter minority owner be on Twitter unless something was said to tell him to not? And then, I don't know. But anyway, uh, let's go to the last game. Yeah, I know, Richard, you're just Josh and me, man. You're our loyal listeners. Uh, this game. Hmm. Tony Bet has plus six and a half for the Toronto Argonauts. Calgary minus six on Cool Bet. Oh, you know what? I would take the under on the 52 and a half if you're looking at that on Cool Bet. If you want to, because uh, it, I can't see this one being over 52 at that's 26, 25. Uh, I don't think so. So I go under there, but I'm going to go with Toronto. Because I just, I don't know. I just don't have a, I don't have a strong feeling in either BC or Calgary. Not as much, and I want it. I, I want the team to win the East to not be nine and nine. You know, that's why if the Argos are going to beat Winnipeg or BC or Calgary in the playoffs, they better be at least ten and eight or eleven and seven. So, I think Toronto could win this one. That'd be three point zero zero on cool bet. So you know that would be a good one to throw in the parlay if you took the favorites in the first three and then throw that one in the last one. That'd be a good payout. Uh, what do you have here, Adam? No, I've got the Toronto Argonauts. I think that this is going to be just one of those games. It's a defensive struggle the whole time. Uh, I don't think any team's really going to get much going. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Jake Mayer is just going to light it up. And Bo Levi Mitchell will be traded two minutes later after the game. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think that Toronto is going to give a very good game. They've got a great defense right now, and their defensive line has just been absolutely killer. Uh, no, I I think that the, the Toronto Argonauts are going to win this one. Uh, I think they're outright going to win this one, actually. So I just don't know about, uh, like I say, Calgary's playing for stuff. But I just don't know if they can quite catch. They can't catch BC, I don't think, right now. 
their only hope is maybe to somehow pass Winnipeg, which ain't going to happen because Winnipeg's got three games on them. So I think Calgary is almost starting to be destined to be stuck in third. Uh, they might start resting guys here as soon as maybe even the games against Saskatchewan. So I'm going to go with Toronto in this one. Yeah, and Richard, uh, sorry if one of us misspoke. The uh, Toronto's the underdogs by they get plus six and a half. Uh, I think that's a large line. You know, while we're on the betting, I want to throw one that you I heard on NFL. Just since we have you know, have a minute here, the Jags go into Philly, I believe, and it was like six and a half. If it's changed, let's see here. I know we don't have a slide for it, but I would take Jacksonville. Jacksonville six and a half underdogs. Yeah, Jacksonville is underdogs. Well, Philly's 3-0. and Well, but Jacksonville looks hot. They're hot, too. That's what I'm saying. I would take the plus 6.5 on Jacksonville. That's almost – that's an interesting one there. Um, so, yeah, I know we're CFL, but when uh, Mike and Ryan aren't here to babysit us, we could sneak in some NFL once in a while. Uh, but, yeah, that's just my one other bet. Let's uh, move on to wrap-up, I guess, unless there's anything else you need to add. I want to Ryan bet on that last game as well. Oh, so. sorry. I did apologize. We all went the same, so he went with Toronto as well, yeah. I didn't miss that. I got too excited about Jacksonville, uh, Philadelphia. Uh, should be an interesting one. But, yeah, let's wrap it up. We're good? Yeah, I guess as we wrap it up here, let's uh, let's say what's going on next in the podcast. Of course, we got Week 17 recap here. That's going to be on Monday, October 3rd, uh, 9 p.m. That's just before the uh, trade deadline. So uh, we'll have some talk about that because uh, I don't know why, but it seems to be talked about a little bit this year. Uh, we're not doing trade frenzy or uh, free agents frenzy or trade deadline frenzy or any of that because it's the CFL. Come on. Anyways, 9 p.m. Uh, Central time. Uh, it's 8 p.m. Saskatchewan. Adjust your time zones accordingly for that one. And then me and Trey and I believe Ryan will be back uh, for the week 18 preview show. That'll be this same time here as we are right now. Uh, 9 p.m. again, Central Time, 8 p.m. Uh, Saskatchewan again, just, just your time zone. Make sure you join us for that one as well. Uh, or you can join us over at uh, Twitter, on YouTube. Uh, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitch, and of course, Game Time TV. And once again, thank you very much to uh, Game Time TV for getting all this set up for us. Uh, you can learn more by uh, going to them at watch.gametimetv.ca or by following Facebook at facebook.com slash gametimetvmb. As we're wrapping things up here, uh, of course, if you want to follow any of us over on social media, you can do that. Uh, Trey, how can people find you? At Trey MB Harness on Twitter. Uh, yeah, you know, if you want to get some horse racing stuff, uh, it's not official officials. I don't want to talk about it too much, but I accept, might have accepted a new job in that, so I'll have a little bit more horse racing talk over the winter uh, might have a little bit of hockey to talk about with Mike Garrell on this weekend. Uh, seems like I have tryouts this weekend. So maybe I'll be doing a little bit more in the booth with Mike. Uh, so yeah, keep it locked in there. And if you want to talk uh, star Wars, uh, horse racing fantasy on both sides of the border, uh, I'm always there. Absolutely. If you want to follow Mike Garrell, he's at um, uh, at Mike Garrell over on Twitter. Uh, he's going to be talking a lot of hockey, I'm sure, as well very soon here. He's a busy guy and a guy in motion all the time here. Uh, there's some uh, breaking news that needs to be broken here, Trey, or am I just reading something here from Mike that uh, 
might be a little bit off here. Uh, never unless, he's talking, unless he's just talking to. Oh, yeah, he was just a little delayed. He's talking about the hockey thing. Yeah, that's oh, okay, all. okay. Nope. Yeah, 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 yeah. The hockey part. So, yeah, you can listen to Trey and Mike over there. That'll be interesting. I think, Mike, uh, Trey's really going to have to go and get one of those elaborate suits, though, and uh, try to pull off his inner Don Cherry. I, was, I wasn't going to go with elaborate, elaborate, but I was debating the suit, or at least the nice jacket on, on Sunday. But uh, Mike told me it gets a little hot in the rinks, so maybe not. <laughs> Well, it does. So that my yeah, it's, nine out. it's not just yeah. one game. I think there's three. So as a, not- as a guy that used to sit in a lot of rinks in uh, in small town Saskatchewan, when you're uh, when you're recording, uh, it gets a little warmer than uh, than the rink is usually. So uh, we'll try not to melt the ice out there for sure, guys. Uh, if you want to follow Ryan Coop, he is at Cooper Trooper Forty Two, I believe. Uh, you can find him for all sorts of good little wanting to fill out some NFL ideas. He's been actually doing pretty good in the NFL uh, fantasy side of things too. So uh, be sure to talk to him as well over at Twitter. Uh, If you want to find me, I'm at Adam Stewart one. You'll probably get a lot more farming stuff than anything right now. Uh, But that being said, hockey season's coming up for me too. We're not going to get into that though uh, too much because right now my team is on the verge of going into the playoffs. uh, That being the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm glad to hear that they're doing very well. And also, hey, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, they might make the playoffs too. A lot better chance after last week, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, if you want to talk to me, you can find me at Adam Stewart one uh, With that being said, I think we've covered everything here tonight. Uh, just want to make sure that you also follow the uh, Facebook page and the social media pages for uh, the CFC Countdown as well. You can find it at Twitter, at CFC Countdown Pod. Make sure you check out the CFL Football Podcast Network on Twitter for all the great shows from the Canadian Football Podcast Network as well. Uh, Wherever platform, platform you're listening on tonight here, we want to thank you very much again for watching, uh, Richard. Uh, We've seen uh, Mr. Hominick in this chat earlier there, Chris. Uh, Anybody that's joined us here tonight, Alec, I believe it was. Alex, thank you very much as well for joining us this evening. Anybody that's watching this or listening at home, we want to thank you very much again for making this podcast such a great success. And from uh, Adam Stewart here and Trey Kolbeck and Ryan Coop and Mike Garrell and producer Eric, we want to thank you very much again for listening tonight and have a good evening and enjoy week 17 in the CFL.